Hi guys, welcome to episode four of That's Business Bitches. I'm Nathan from Nathan Lashes and I'm joined with the infamous... Infamous? <laughs> <laughs> Chloe from the Strive Society, infamous Chloe. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about difficult everything. Difficult everything, but in like the most positive way possible because... We're not negative Nellies. No, we're really not. So we're going to do like, we're going to split into like three segments. So dealing with difficult clients, difficult hair online and difficult business decisions. Yeah, so let's get into it. Okay, so the first one we're going to do is difficult clients because I feel like we've both had some difficult clients. We have. Um... Yeah. Do you want to go first? No, you go first. Oh, brilliant. Okay, you make me look like the bad person first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've had a few difficult clients. None of them I work with now, which is good. But my biggest issue that I've had with them is boundaries. Mm. Um, and I feel like everybody talks about setting boundaries with your clients, but I definitely did not. So in the past like six months, I've had to be really, really strict with boundaries. So my biggest issue is when I first started um, working with clients, I was just wanting to be everybody's friend and was like, yeah, you can message me at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, that's fine. And I would reply. So then I think I created like a bit of a monster with some of my clients where <laughs> <laughs> like I would reply and then they would message me and they would think it's okay because I was allowing it to happen. Um, <laughs> when you're looking at shampoo ingredients at 10pm. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I had to make a whole spreadsheet for Nathan. I was like, do you know what? I'm going to do it at like 11 o'clock at night. So I was there reading the ingredients <laughs> and I'm dyslexic. So it takes me a long time to read things. Um, and I was like reading these ingredients that were really, really tiny and I was knackered. <laughs> and then I was researching every single ingredient. But now I like playing Sims. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd be like, there's this ingredient. And they'd be like, can you wait? <laughs> so it's definitely my fault. But um, yeah, that was my my biggest issue was boundaries. Because so... then it, it, it lets them know that that's all right. Yeah, exactly. And then I would get annoyed with these clients and I'd be like, why are they messaging me at one in the morning? Well, I was replying. Yeah. And that's that's the biggest issue. So I didn't have any boundaries. And then I was getting, I was very overworked. I, the more clients I was taking on, the more people had messaging me at like 11 o'clock at night. On the weekends, I'd be on holiday and I'd be trying to spend time with Jonathan or, you know, my family, this, that and the other. My birthday clients were messaging me like, is this happening? Is that happening? And I just was getting so stressed and so overworked and so annoyed with them. And then I ended up resenting these clients, but I had to take a step back and realise actually like I've created this because I've allowed them to message mm. me. So to that, them it feels normal. Yeah, it was just normal. And then it was a really tricky transition period with my clients now that I have that I've been working with for like a year where they've gone from being allowed to message me um, and now it's like 5pm, anything after 5pm has to be emailed and it will be dealt with the next working day. And if they message me, if they WhatsApp me, if it's something that I need to do, they know that I just won't do it. Anything yeah. that is after 5pm, if you message me at nine o'clock at night saying, can you create this post for me? I'm not doing it. And then if you message me in two weeks time saying, why has this post not been done? Well, you didn't email it to me. You haven't respected my boundaries. And I know that that sounds really, really harsh, but I really had to implement those like harsh truths and those, what they probably thought were harsh boundaries at first so that I could be, a better person and like a better marketing manager for them 
You'd have more of a routine to your work life. Yeah, because I just didn't at all. If not, it's like business and work life, uh, normal work life is yeah. like just mixed into one, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like a long time. I don't know if you'll understand what I mean, because you don't work. Watch joke. my fucking arm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was actually a joke from the last podcast that you'll never hear because Nathan's laptop died. But anyway, moving <laughs> swiftly on. <laughs> um, I got to the point where I was like, Chloe the business owner and that was it like I literally was like the business owner and that I didn't have any other like layers to me as a person like I was just a business owner and I was nothing else and I had to like get the boundaries back and the routine back so I could be like Chloe the friend and the family member and the sister and the fiance and like everything else because I just completely lost my identity when I first had my business because I just had no boundaries and then while I was waiting for a message uh, message back from a client at like two in the morning I'd be on Instagram doing research for reels and like hashtag research and I'd be creating content on Canva and I remember at one point I was in the bath and I dropped my phone in the bath because I mm-hmm. had, was having a bath at like three in the morning making content messaging a client and then I was like what why have I done this that's not normal no it's not normal at all so yeah difficult wise boundaries but I've got boundaries now I've made everyone a document that says my working hours and my working times and my working days and this, that and the other. And all of my clients do actually really respect it now. So And life's just better that way, isn't it? Yeah, it is. More organised. I had uh, one client when I went to... Oh, this is a bit shade. Ooh, shade. Tea, shade. Um, we should have like a siren. Yeah. Shade. Shade time. <laughs> um, when I went to New York for um, my my Jonathan well he is my Jonathan Mm. Jonathan's birthday um it was like a huge business thing for me because I paid for it all up front and it was like a massive business achievement I was able to afford to do that and um I had one client message me at what would have been like midnight in the UK so whatever time that was it's five hours behind so eight o'clock at night so either way it was way out of my working hours and I was on holiday that week so not contactable and it was on a Saturday which is I don't work weekends and she messaged me and was like I've emailed you I've messaged you on Instagram and you haven't replied but I can see that you're on WhatsApp so why are you not replying to me it can see you're online on WhatsApp and I was like I'm messaging my mum I'm literally up the Empire State Building I've just been to see the Statue of Liberty like I'm messaging my mum um so yeah like leave me alone like I'm on holiday I'm in New York like my dream place to go like you're you're ruining everything for me right now and it really put me on edge for the rest of the holiday uh well at least for the rest of the day is I have a business phone I do now phone yeah yeah I do now and I have whatsapp business and but all my clients now do exactly what I need them to do and that's fine but I don't work with that client anymore but um yeah. Bye, Felicia. Bye. That was a lot. So I think at that point, that's when I was like, these, I, I tried to implement boundaries, but it didn't really work. Oh, sorry. A quick scenario. Would you work with her only again, like just her as a client no. for 10,000 a month? No, never. 20? No. 50? No amount of money is worth my mental health. 50 grand a month? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I'll take it. <laughs> no, no amount of money is worth my mental health. 20 million. All right, I'll maybe go to 20 mil. <laughs> <laughs> I'd work with her for a month, but then I'd never work with anyone again. Yeah. I'd take that 20 mil. My difficult claim. Yeah. Um, I don't know which one I want to choose. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get the list out. <laughs> so I've, had a, I've worked with a few difficult clients. 
and I actually don't know which one's it's the worst one. I think they're all just <laughs> as bad and evil as each other. Um, evil? Yeah. That is a evil. strong word. No, they really were, like, <laughs> horrible people. Um, I'd say, like, one thing that I've learnt from all three of them is, like... All oh, three of them were getting really precise. Oh, actually, there's a three. There's definitely two. <laughs> two and a half. Yeah, I'd say two and a half. But, like, <clears throat> the thing that I learnt is, like, you can't... We sort of went over this earlier. Like, you can't stop something negative. Like, um, how do I phrase it? So if something negative happens, you can't let that stop you from other One positive things. One bad apple shouldn't <laughs> spoil the fruit bowl. Yeah, no, the bunch. The bunch. I'm going to actually have that written out because that is a really good saying. <laughs> Tattooed on you. <laughs> but, like, I've, had, I've worked with a few, like, shitty people, but... I don't know, that's business bitches. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I feel like I'm always first one, so that's business bitches. You've really got to catch up. All right, so that's business bitches, that's business bitches. There yeah. you go, I've said two. I think, like, when you work in an office job, you're going to the office and it's just human nature that you won't get on with everyone. So I don't know why we expect to get on with all of our clients all of the time. I, I think know, when I've you never get. I've about it like that. I'm really doing the most of these podcasts. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, when you get to the point when you're fully booked and you can start, you know, getting rid of clients and that sort of thing, obviously the worst ones are going to be the the ones to go first. But in the beginning, when you're just starting out, you do take people on that you don't like. You need but, money. Yeah, yeah, you need money when you're starting out as a business owner. But yeah, I would never walk into like a corporate job and just expect to get on with absolutely everyone. There are going to be differences and people have different quirks and different things about them and different opinions and that's normal and that's what like really makes the world go round so why is why do people expect working for yourself right at the beginning to be any different so this woman she were like she wanted a last minute appointment um and i didn't have time to do what she wanted so i did classics but she wanted russian then i did her lashes but they're all damaged like she said she had them done somewhere else and they'd use nail glue on her Are eyes. Are you joking? No, they'd use nail glue and like it ripped all the lashes off. And I mean, seriously, they were, these lashes were so like... My lashes are cringing. No, they were so frail. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, oh, I don't think you should have extensions and stuff. She's like, I want extensions. I've got an appointment. She was right, sassy, but just not in a good way. Yeah. Like, just rude. Um. So I did her lashes and I explained to her, like, these won't last long because your natural lashes need a break. Like, they need rehab. Um, and she was like, whatever. And then she messages me two days later and she's fuming, all her lashes have fell off. Um, and then, like, she came back. So she booked in with the other girl at the salon because I were too busy. Mm. Well, I booked her in with her. <laughs> <laughs> I think I were actually too busy, but I wouldn't have done it anyway because no. I didn't want to. So, and then this girl in the salon were like, oh, no. I feel like I've said this story before. Maybe to me. Mm. But then anyway, this girl she's, uh, who works in the salon said that this client had already lost her. And then they fell off and then she messaged me and she was threatening me. And she was like, I'm going to slate you all over Facebook. And I was just like, what do you want me to do about it? I've offered, you to, I've offered my help to you. Yeah. I've told you everything, what happened, like what could happen and probably will happen. And you're still not happy. Like, what do you want from me? Mm-hmm. And then in the end, I I offered her um, a voucher to get her, her lashes done for free, and she just never turned up. So it was like fate, like she just wasn't meant to be for you. Yeah. So yeah, this client just wasn't for me, and she never will be for me. If she messaged me now, like, can I redeem my voucher? That's why you're there. <laughs> but like, 
get lost love. Yeah, goodbye. I really would though, and I'm not even exaggerating. I'm just like, no, I wouldn't even do it for like, I wouldn't do it for. Oh yeah, for brand. change it to you. Would you do it for twenty mil? Would you only do her lashes forever, but get twenty mil forever, Chloe? You did it for a month. All right, for. All right, would you do it for six months, twenty mil a month? Oh, that's really difficult. She was a horrible person. But twenty mil. Mm, yeah. <laughs> no, I would. <laughs> I would. Tell but on, only two infills a month, though. Well, no, she that's demanded normal. it. That's normal. No, she demanded more, mm. though. What if she'd have me at her house every day for 20 million, trying to get her money's worth on her lashes. As soon as a fan falls out, that, that'd be you, that. If you were, like... Are you joking? If you had a living lash tech, you'd be like that. Oh, if I had a living lash tech, I'd be like, hi, this fell out on my pillow last night. Do you want me to save it or do you want to make a new one? Mm. Yeah, but for 20 million, I mean, you'd sort of expect that, wouldn't you? For 20, if I was paying 20 mil, I'd be like, no, you can make me a new fucking fan. I wouldn't do it. The minimum I'd do it for is maybe like a million for a six mil. months work. Yeah, and then you could leave. Yeah, but I'd be, I would be very emotionally scarred. <laughs> because she were nasty. She threatened me. <laughs> she was like, I'm going to slag you off. I can't remember what she said, but I think she was like, slander. It might have been slander. Oh. I'm going to slander you all over Facebook. You'll, no one will ever come to you again. And I were a new lash check at the time, so I was very scared. And then when so like, really scary. got a bit more experience, I was like... Oh, actually, yeah. I've got another one that I've just remembered. I worked with someone for a month. And they wanted a 30-day trial. And I don't do trials because anyone knows or anyone that has any kind of, I don't know, knowledge about social media will know that things change so quickly. You post the exact same thing. One day it works really well and you could get like a million likes and then the next day you post it and you could get 10. Like that's just social media. So I don't believe that 30 days is long enough to see like a full content strategy actually work. I think it takes a minimum of three months and I know this because it takes 28 days to break a habit and then 28 days to form a new habit so a minimum of two months for people to be able to actually enjoy your content anyway I digress so she wanted a 30-day trial and I was like do you know what I'm gonna do it because I know I'm good enough that she'll work with me again so that's fine I'm gonna do it she told me exactly what branding she wanted um so I made it all you know it looked really great um and then at the end of the month, I said to her, like, what do you want to do? And she was like, I hated all of the content, so I'm not going to go ahead with you. Thanks, bye. Oh, what a bit. And I was like, I did the, con I used the exact colours that you want, the exact font that you wanted. Like, did I don't she use it? Yeah. Oh, oh my God, that's so bad. You should have said Well, I posted her. for her for the month. I posted for a month. And then, um, and the other thing was she didn't want to post reels. And that was at the time where reels had just started becoming really big. So I was like, we really need to get on reels. And she was like, no, 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 no. And yeah, she was just like, I really didn't like the branding, so no, I don't want to do it. Even oh. though it was exactly what she asked for. So that really knocked my confidence. But again, I am really glad I don't work with her now. I actually yeah. forgot I even had that client. Yeah, we talk now about difficult hair online. I've been trolled online. I know you've been trolled yeah, online. Um, who doesn't love a good troll, though? It just adds character. Yeah, it does. I feel like with <laughs> trolls, yeah, it just gives you thick skin. It just gives you a little bit to talk no, about. No, it does. You know? It really, it really does. does. I feel like um, what the trolls don't realise is every comment and every share that and whatever else that they do every time boosts they send it, engagement. it boosts engagement and it chucks yeah. through the algorithm like nobody's business. And that pays my bills. So it really does. carry on trolling, honey. Yeah, I, when I didn't know that, I used to be very, like, upset at nasty comments. Mm. And then it, it was actually Claire who told me that. She was like, 
no need for all these nasty comments are just boosting your video even more and like getting you more followers more customers and i'm like oh amazing i actually <laughs> noticed like an increase in sales and stuff <laughs> like when people are being rude but like yeah um that's business bitches it's just part <laughs> of job like it is you got trolled really badly on tiktok didn't you i did they were very personal and it ran a specific video they were on, there were a few videos where like they called my clients like names and stuff but i didn't really care about that <laughs> <laughs> Well, I did, but my clients, I already spoke to my clients and my clients were like, nah, I don't care. And I'm like, all right, I don't care then. Um, but then, like, personal ones, especially where I've always felt a bit, um, I don't explain it. Just like not insecure, confident. Yeah, yeah I think, like, is. you can feel insecure about your work, but then when they attack you, and it's very different, when they attack your work, that's fine because you know you're good, but when they attack you personally, like, looks-wise and that sort of thing, that's when it can get a little bit, like wow okay yeah like, that is a bit much yeah and it's not even like when someone calls you like a name but if someone says like something to do with your weight your skin like yeah like they really more... dissect you yeah like that is very like dehumanizing yeah I right I... good word good word <laughs> i think it is i think like for me i had um a real and i actually deleted the real and i wish i hadn't but this was like when I first started and I was talking about something and um, it was like my first voiceover and somebody was like, somebody commented, I can't remember exactly what it was, but they were like, who are you to give advice like this? You're just like a fucking ugly child or like something like that. And I was like, mm, well, I've been working in marketing for a long time and social media for a long time. I also have invested a lot into courses and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I also have clients and I'm fully booked with clients and I'm not a child I'm like I think I was 24 when I started my business <laughs> so like I'm not a child but it's when they go that hard into you that you're like wow you've really thought about that you've really watched this video and thought about your insult and yeah. I, I think that's that can be a little bit hard hitting but also when you know that it actually just boosts you in the algorithm and it just boosts your engagement then you're like okay fine but carry on carry on trolling but it does i wish i knew stuff. that when i went through that period because now i don't hardly get it but maybe a few like iffy comments and stuff but i really don't give a shit like no. i just whatever you've got to say about me like something negative just post it for all i care i really do not give a toss so one thing that i always say to jonathan um and if he's listening which i fucking hope that he is <laughs> he'll know what i mean um and something that i've always been brought up on is if there's no truth behind it then you won't get offended by it and I used to always say that to him in, like, the middle of an argument. I'd be like, well, you're not going to be offended if there's any truth behind it. Like, and would get really, really irate about it. But it is true. I think it gets to the point when you have a business, if you get hate online or not even online, but from, like, family or friends, like, not believing haters. in you. Yeah, just haters in general. The only time that I would I would get offended by things is if I thought that there was truth behind it. Not necessarily that there is truth but if it's an insecurity that you have so for example one for me was that like i am shit at social media even though i know i'm not but if somebody it's a doubt yeah mind. it's a doubt exactly that if somebody said to me well you're fucking shit at social media anyway i would get offended by that because i believe that there's truth in it mm. there's not i'm actually really great at it or i wouldn't be in the position i'm in now but because i have that imposter syndrome and that fear that's why i get offended by it so if you do get hate look at 
first of all, if there is any truth behind it, and also, is that truth just a doubt that you have, or is it actually the truth? Mm. That's very. Tr- that is very well spoken. Thank you, darling. <laughs> <laughs> so next, we're going to talk about difficult business decisions. I've had a few. I know you've had a few. Yeah, <laughs> I love doing that. <laughs> I've had hair, I know you've had hair. <laughs> um but one of my really difficult business decisions was decisions. Decisions, and I said decisions. <laughs> um was to really like show up on my social media. Um did you think feel like that as well? Yeah, I definitely did because I didn't go into this wanting to be an influencer. No, I didn't. <laughs> I really didn't and no. I'm I am very like unsociable. Yeah. My personal Instagram, I think I've got 100 followers. I've never posted a picture on there. <laughs> I don't even just think you've stories. got a profile picture on it. Oh, I am on Facebook. I really, I'm just very, like, away from all that. And I always sort of have been... Well, yeah. maybe when I was 16, I was more, like, about on social media and stuff. Yeah. But then, like, when I got older, it cringed me and I just deleted everything. <laughs> so when I started again, I was like, I'll start again, but just not properly start. Yeah. So, like, when I started, like making content and stuff that were like really difficult for me because I didn't want to go on and be like hi guys I'm Nathan blah 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 but like I knew that that would really help people see a face to my business Mm -hmm. and just it had helped with everything it helped with following sales yeah when I did eventually bring products out even getting more clients like at that point when I'd go on and talk about availability or whatever I'm in the salon these days like it helped yeah, it does. Because people saw me before they actually came to me and it were like, oh, that's that person. Yeah. And I think that if I were to book an appointment with someone and if I, if I didn't see them on the stories, like, I don't even know what they look like. That's exactly it. Like, as a lash tech, take, like, products out of it. But as a lash tech, and also, for me, I am a client of lash techs. I used to really struggle with social anxiety. I think I said this in a previous episode. So I would automatically gravitate to someone that was showing up on their stories because it would make me feel more calm about going into a salon and finding that person. Yeah, definitely. So I would, if there were two people and there was uh, a lash tech that was just like, this is my availability on like a very beautiful, but just like a plain Canva post or somebody that's on stories like, guys, I have availability today. I'd instantly go to that person because I would just automatically feel like, okay, that's the person I need to make a beat. So what is your difficult business decision? Decision. (laughs) I think my biggest, or like my, what is it? Most difficult business decision is um like two months ago I was really overwhelmed with work I was trying to transition into an agency um trying to find the right people to work with my agency but still doing all of my client work so I had to take like a month off of my Instagram and a month off of social media which literally went against every business bone in my body because it's what I preach about consistency and showing up and everything else but I just couldn't work on my own business and work on my clients and do everything else I need to do in the background whilst pushing out content that wouldn't have been relevant in a month's time anyway because I've gone from being a sole person in a business to being an agency Mm. Um, and that was really really difficult for me because I was like you know potential clients aren't going to find me I want to grow this agency but you know I can't have an agency if I don't have people wanting to work with me but I'm not going to have people want to work with me if I don't show up online so it was like a never-ending cycle um 
And it was really difficult because I think at the beginning, when I first started my business, I was so excited, but I also didn't have any clients at the time. So I could put as much time as I wanted into like my branding and doing this, that, and the other. And I had to basically reinvent my whole business, but whilst having an actual business to run client-wise, to pay my bills exactly on the side. So... That was really difficult for me, it's like actually. Like starting up another business. Yeah, it, it was. It was completely starting up my business all over again. I'd got to the point in my business where I'd got as far as I felt like I could go. Um, and I think that's the other thing as well, is like something that I found really difficult is when I started my business last year, I was like, by the end of the year, I want to be fully booked. And I got fully booked in a month. So I didn't have any goal or plan for after that point and then I got so busy that I had no time to focus on my goal or my plan so I was just kind of working aimlessly towards like nothingness yeah for like a year and it I've tried coaching and you know I've done a group training program and I do have girls that I mentor and I thought that was the right thing but actually I don't want to transition into a coach because social media and marketing is what I truly love and like it really does have my heart. So it was that trying to work out where I wanted my business to go whilst actually running my business. Yeah, because you can't say, right, I'm going to do this without actually trying it out first. Exactly. It's something can be completely different to what you think it might be. Yeah, exactly that. So that was really difficult, just actually coming off of social media and having so many people like, where are you? Like, where are you? Why aren't you showing up? I would, And then I started getting like random coaches within my industry um, if any social media managers are listening, I'm sure you know, get coaches like all day, every day, much like you do tweezer suppliers. (laughs) Coaches are like my equivalent of tweezer suppliers where they're in your DMs every day. And I'd get people DMing me like, you have a great foundation to be successful, but you're not posting consistently. So you're not going to see results because a lot of these coaches have like really aggressive marketing tactics. And I'd be like, actually, bitch, I'm too successful, which is why I don't have time for my Mm. own business right now. So sod off yeah but then that started getting in my head and i started being like you know am i successful because i've had to come off social media um so you've that got was, to do what you've got to do yeah that was really hard and i think sometimes you just have to stay take like a step back from your own business you do to, to really see yeah everything. to see everything and to make it better in the long run or i just carry on going as i'm doing now and end Not up hating it yeah. no sometimes i think all the time like oh I'd love to start my business all over again, like literally just get rid of everything and yeah. start again knowing what I know now. And then I think, oh no, I can't because I've got bills. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, I'd I love that. I've, I've got a life. Yeah, I actually, this funds my life now. Yeah. Yeah, I would like, lo- I'd love to start a new Instagram page because I have loads of uh, people that wanted to become a social media manager or a virtual assistant uh, follow me that just quit their pages and just left them. And I don't have the time to go through and remove all of these dead followers. Um, so it's probably harming my engagement and there's things like that. I'd love to do just start. Do you think that does? Yeah, no, it does. What do I do then? So, well, you're fucked. <laughs> I know, I can't so, go through all mine. I ain't got time for that. A little social media tip. I don't know if I've told you this before or like a little bit of an insight. So, Instagram push your content out to between 1% to 5% of your following on average. So if a lot of your following are dead or inactive followers... of the 5% that's being pushed out to you could be people that aren't going to engage with your posts, which is why then if you have 
it's it's exactly the same if you buy followers they're dead they're inactive instagram accounts so if you've got a lot of them or if you know you've bought followers or anything like that and you're not getting high engagement it's because the majority of your following is made up of dead or inactive or fake accounts and that's what instagram is pushing your content out to so then when they're not engaging with your content instagram are thinking okay well this content isn't good enough to be pushed out to yeah. the wider audience if that and then makes that's sense. when people sort of think they're being shadow banned. Yeah, and that's where this whole shadow ban thing comes out from. It's yeah. not shadow ban. It is the ratio of, like, engaged clients or followers versus not engaged followers. That's what the issue is. Maybe we should do, like, a podcast thing on social media. Do's and don'ts. Yeah, do's and don'ts on social media. Let us know if you mm. want to do that. But that's what the issue is. And I know that I have loads of those, but I don't have the time to go through a 1,000 followers, let alone bloody 45,000 followers. Well, what would Kyla Jenner do? Well, she don't care because she has... She, <laughs> Kylie she Jenner, Yeah, she's a celebrity. Yeah, Kylie that. Jenner <laughs> and you probably have more engaged and active accounts than, than you do not engaged well, I and inactive. So. Well, you do, and that's why your engagement is high. Yeah, but I never get 40,000 story views. Story views are a whole nother, oh. a whole nother thing altogether. Imagine if I got 40,000, like every single follower, I could, they could see my story. Well, it's that again, it's Imagine the 1 to 5%. Clicks, swipe ups. I oh, know, that would be good, wouldn't it? But the is watching it? watching sales coming. Yeah, you would not have to do a thing. That'd be great. So if you have, if you have 400,000 followers, you can expect 40,000 story views. Yeah, if wow. your stories are worth watching, but they might initially push it out to ten thousand, and if then to- then those ten thousands are say interacting with like a poll or a question box that you put on, then they'll be like, okay, this is engaging. Let's bump it up to the next lot of people. Mine are very very up and down, and like sometimes I just think, whatever. Like I just don't even care about views. Sometimes I'm just like, well, don't forget, like the way you've got to look at stories is like you know, something on Netflix or, like, a miniseries or something like that. Like, stories are actually something that people sit down and watch. So if they don't want to watch what you're putting out, they're just not going to watch it. Like, Mm. that's the way you've got to look at it. Like, people look at stories and views as, you know, the uh, stories and the grid as the same thing. But they're not. They're two completely different things. So they need to have two completely different bits of content on there. Stories are there to be watched and enjoyed. Your grid is there to promote and and that sort of thing. Do you know what? That's a bit like, I do that other way around. Do you? Yeah. I don't post as much business stuff on my grid as I do on my stories. But with your stories, when you're promoting things, you're not like, hi guys, buy this tweezer no, now. No, you You're have to. tell the story of how yeah. many fucking tweezer companies you spoke to and this, yeah. that and the other and that's engaging. Yeah, true. Yeah. I do have to, you have to, we're going to do this, the next episode is going to be selling online. Yeah. And we've got a lot to talk about that. Um, But like, you, you can't just go on and be like, hi I guys. Yeah. You've got to make people want it. Yeah. It's people people buy things and then they justify it later. That's like a selling thing. It's like people will go on and they buy with emotion and then they think about it by justifying afterwards. So if you're playing on an emotion, whether that's excitement or, you know, whatever it might be, if you're excited for a product and you're like, oh my God, I love this product I've just launched, people are like, I want to feel that too. Yeah, or like, oh my God, it's half selling out. and Yeah, exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Then it's like the... We'll do a whole nother thing on that. But yeah, that's the thing with stories and followers and whatever. And that's where my issue was, is that just my engagement got really good. I had to come off of it. Mm. And now I have to build it back up again. You do. And I've noticed that, like, where I've been, like, sort of on the ball. Is that mm-hmm. a saying? Yeah, it is. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on the ball and, like, I've been very, like, consistent. Engagement's good. And then I've just, I don't know what's happened. I've, like, been, 
probably being burnt mm-hmm. out. And I've come back and it's like, I'm, my posts aren't getting 10% of what they usually do. Mm-hmm. And you really do. Like, the first time that happened, I was like, oh, my God, I might as well delete my Instagram. Like, it's not <laughs> even going to be able to be recoverable. So you can recover it. You just... It takes a while. Yeah, it takes a while to get back. But also, in the long run, you're going to be so much better for it. So, as a social media manager, I had to take time off of social media. And that was really, yeah, really, really hard. But thank God I did it. Yeah. You have to... What's that saying? Not a saying, but I learned this in sociology. (laughs) I did sociology. Um, Deferred gratification. Yeah. Instead of... What's the other one? Instant. I don't fucking know. Instant gratification is like a reward straight away. Deferred is long run. Yeah, long so run. So that's it for another episode. I feel like we definitely rambled on about a lot. But we if did. you made it this far, then thank you very much for listening to us. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. basically we started filming them today on my computer and then it just went off. So... A bit traumatised, aren't we? Yeah, we have PTSD about the money one, so we will get the money one out. <laughs> yeah, might be in a few months. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can be bothered to film it again and listen to myself ramble about money, but mm. next one we'll be selling online and we can go more in-depth on marketing The power and of selling media. online. That'll oh. be a good episode. That is good. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me as well. Good. So thank you guys for listening. Yes, thank you. We will see you, hear you. What is it? Um... Catch you later. Yeah. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. <laughs>